Welcome, everyone, to episode 1.13 of the Commissioner Kellen Podcast. We are back for another weekly preview. My notes say we have no big announcements, but happy belated birthday to Danko. I forgot to text you because I'm a bad friend. So now you get the first ever podcast happy birthday wish. So happy birthday, Danko. Sorry I missed it. You're in Florida now. I hope you enjoy you need that nice vacation fresh off your honeymoon, I'm sure. So hopefully you guys have fun. Nothing else of note, so let's get into tonight's agenda. We'll start with the guillotine league. I will run through very quickly my favorite and least favorite free agency pickups from this past week. We had some big names available, that is for sure. I will then go team by team and identify each team's most critical piece to survival this week. I will then provide my guess for the guillotine's next victim, and then we'll see if the survey results agree with what I have to say. Hashtag survey and enhance. Next, we'll go to the auction league, and then the keeper league will have the same agenda in those two leagues. I will do my favorite and least favorite free agency pickups there, and then break down the matchups, and I'll pick the winners along the way. And also, I will identify my game of the week and my upset pick of the week. That is it, though. Let's get to it. A body will be hitting the floor once again this week. Let's get into our guillotine coverage, starting with my favorite and least favorite pickups from this past week, we had a pretty big execution. Jugan had some talent on his team, that is for sure. And the rest of us got to benefit. This will come as a surprise to nobody. My favorite pickup of the week was to the birthday boy, Danko Cooper Cup. For $588, this has to be a record in Survive and Enhance. Uh, Almost 60% of his total budget. That was an expensive one. Is it worth it? I think absolutely. A major part of surviving enhance of any guillotine league is how low or how high is your floor. I would argue Cooper Cup has the highest floor in all of fantasy football. This dude, without breaking a sweat, has 10 targets a game for 80 yards. That is his floor. Add any touchdowns on top of that. Add any 15 target games on top of that. Add any 10 reception games on top of that as well. I think this was money well spent. I was directly behind Danko. Well, not not directly. I was $66 behind Danko's bid of 588 with 502. Uh, Rick was in third place with 469. Jimmy, Arico, Eric, Singer, and Joe all also had bids. Um... Everybody wanted some Cooper Cup. I wish I would have paid even more because I do think he's worth it. And again, that will come as a surprise to nobody. Here's what might be surprising. My least favorite pickup of the week was my own pickup. Alliance player, not shocking. Uh, Jameson Williams, $47. Uh, yes, he's an IR stash. Um, I did expect there to be some bids on him because uh, I think he's a very intriguing rookie. He's a Lions player. That adds to it. 
Um, but it hurts that I could have gotten them for a dollar. Um, interesting IR stash for sure. I think I definitely got a little too excited though for a rookie coming off an injury. Uh, again, nobody else bid on him, so I could have got him for a buck, which hurts. But even when he's back, I don't know if I'm really starting him. Uh, now that I have him, I'm definitely keeping him on IR. But I think the blue Kool-Aid got to my head a little bit on this one. So money not so well spent there. There was a, definitely no value. Um, I spent money for a guy that's not even in my starting lineup this week or for the uh, short term. All right, that's it for free agency. Let me now dive into each team and identify the critical piece for survival for each team. I'll start with my own team. Kellen, team head. I call my critical piece, oh, Monday night. Why Monday night? Because I have Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey. All playing on Monday night football this week. I will have so much ground to make up after Sunday. Uh, I will need so many points. I hope Las Vegas nailed this over-under because this game does have the highest over-under on the week on the NFL slate at 51 points. Go, over, go. I might not have 50 points on my team by the time Sunday night football ends. Monday night is going to be scary for me, and I need some offense. For Joe's team, getting swifty with it, I call his critical piece, just live up to expectations. Joe seems very safe to me. He might be the safest in the league. Uh, he spent a whole lot of money of his budget, and it shows his team is very strong. Joe's guys just need to do what they're supposed to do. Nobody needs to blow up. He can even afford a dud or two. As long as four, of his guys, four or five of his guys don't lay eggs and tank, he seems extremely safe. So, Joe, I think you got easy work coming for you this week. Uh, you just can't have the whole team shit the bed. Third team, Tommy, major corporation head. This critical piece here, survive one week without Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Titties is out. Tommy's rest of his team is good, not great. The roster certainly has some downside potential. Uh, JT hasn't exactly been a lifesaver in uh, in the Yatian League or lighting the world on fire in other leagues, but uh, up to this point. But he's been useful. But without Jonathan Taylor, Tommy has a glaring running back hole in that lineup now. Tommy, just survive, baby. Danko, Dank the Tank, birthday boy. Critical piece here. Does Goff keep the magic going? What an absolute stud muffin Jared Goff has been. It can't last forever, though. Can it? He's QB5 so far on the year and the number seven player in fantasy football. Stud. As a Lions fan, would any of us be surprised if we went to New England this week and Matt Patricia got sweet revenge on us? I don't think so. I know Matt Patricia is the offensive coordinator, but man, I feel like we've seen this movie before. Uh, Lions fans, just to rub some salt in the wound, I saw that today was the anniversary of the Buffalo Bills play uh, Buffalo Bills players carrying Jim Schwartz off the field in Ford Field as they won the day he returned to Detroit after we laid him off as our head coach. Is this a sign of things to come? Danko sure hopes not. 
Uh, and I know uh, we would really love to leave Foxborough with a win as Lions fans. But Danko, I think your future is held by Jared Goff and that right-throwing uh, shoulder of his. Next team, Alrico, huge Hawks. Critical piece, I'm just calling running backs. Let's run through Alrico's starting running backs in his starting lineup. Damian Pierce, rookie. Alvin Kamara, missed last week and still not practicing. Aaron Jones in the flex, two weeks removed from a 3.20 point performance. Tyler Algier, another rookie who impressed last week, but that's a scary player to trust. The downside here is very real. Matt needs something from this running back group. Uh, he's invested heavily in the position. Uh, they, they all have downside potential. They all have potential to score less than 10, each player. If he's got four starting positions with Damian Pierce, Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones, Tyler Algier, and they only combine for 35, Matt's in trouble. Up next is Jimmy, Team Jimbo. My critical piece here is Packers versus Giants, the, the London game. The over-under here is the second lowest on the NFL slate this week at 40 points. Jimmy has three pieces in this game. Aaron Rodgers, Alan Lazard, Saquon Barkley. Jimmy better hope this one isn't a dud of a game. The London under, a.k.a. the Lunder, is a popular bet for all the London games. Now, has this 40-point over-under line already taken this into consideration? I don't know, but Jimmy better hope so. I realize it's 2022 and these games are rare, but the possibility of a 21 to 13 slugfest definitely exists here. I am so excited to wake up on Sunday morning and watch this game. I'll be with Jimmy, so I love to just put this little seed of doubt in his head and watch him sweat a little bit. That'll be fun for me. Next team, Rick, ill-tempered sea bass. Critical piece is one player, Trevor Lawrence. Rick, what you doing, bud? The rest of your team is stacked, and Trevor Lawrence is coming off a four-point performance last week. Are we rolling the dice again and trusting this guy? Rick entered last week feeling comfortable. It was our two-week execution period, and he ended up second to last in the execution period. If it wasn't for Jugan laying two eggs in a row, Rick would be the dead friend right now. Trevor Lawrence holds a whole lot of power in your future and your head, Rick. Maybe see what's out there on the waiver wire, but hey, I'm not going to tell you to run your team. Next team, Eric, Pussy Crew. This is, uh, my critical piece here is called Flex Appeal. Eric's another team that appears to be very safe. He has spent a lot of money, so he should feel good, but I have to give him something to worry about. Najee and Gabe Davis make up ease flex positions. Najee, I'm a Najee owner in a dynasty league, and he has been a pain in the ass. He is averaging roughly nine points a game, which is awful for a first-round pick. Gabe Davis has been banged up. He missed week two. He scored five points in week three, 1.8 in week four. Eric, are you trusting that? That's a little worrisome. Uh, as good as your team is, you look at those flex spots, and there is cause for concern, my friend. But hey, it's your dome piece. Final team, Singer, H2K. His critical piece is a question. Are these vaulted ceilings? 
Let me elaborate. Singer has so many hot and cold players on the roster. Low floors and high ceilings. Get it? Let's run through these. J.K. Dobbins, a low of five points two weeks ago. His highest was 20 points last week. James Conner, a low of six points in week two and just nine last week, and a high of 13 in week one. Justin Jefferson, a low of 2.9 two weeks weeks ago, and a high of 34 in week one. T. Higgins, low of three points in week one, high of 21. C.D., three points is his floor uh, so far this, uh, or his low score so far this year, and 18 is his high. There are more players just like this. And that's without getting to names like Deontay Johnson and Raheem Mostert, who we know are volatile. Which version of these players is Singer getting this week? Is he getting the floor or is he getting those high ceilings? The bad versions could get him killed. Okay, next up, my guess for the next victim. That does it for our team uh, critical pieces. My guess for the next victim... I am firmly in the running, but I refuse to pick myself. I'm going with Tommy. Here's my reasons. One, he's a little brother. Number two, Kyler, his quarterback, is playing a pretty decent Philadelphia defense. Number three, Devontae Smith. Enough said. You want to talk low floors? Devontae Smith's got one of those. Reason number four, he is starting three tight ends in his starting lineup number five the running back one spot formerly filled by jonathan taylor is currently empty i don't know who he's plugging in there let's see what the surveys have to say about free agency and the safety and uh concern level for the next person to the guillotine question number one who had the worst Free agency pickup. I could not disagree more, but Danko leads the way. Cooper Cup for $588 receives four of the 12 votes. In second place is Rick's pickup of Michael Thomas. I know Rick loves him, so Michael Thomas. He's a pain in the ass. Uh, Dude can't stay healthy. He shows out when he plays, but does he finish the game? You never know. I didn't vote for that one, but I can kind of get behind that one. We then have a tie for third. My pickup of Jamison Williams, which received my vote. And then (laughs) my other pickup of Latavius Murray. I also forgot that I picked him up. That one was only a dollar, I believe. Yes, it was. So um, I'm not too upset about that one. I definitely overpaid for Jamison Williams. Uh, Latavius, though, it's a dart throw. Uh, He just got signed. By the Broncos, we'll, we'll give him a week or two. Uh, he's not playing tonight, but we'll see uh, if he's worth a stash or not. Whatever. Cost him. Cost him buck. The only other person to receive a vote received one vote, and it was Singer's pickup of Ezekiel Elliott for $34. I don't know who has a problem with that. That's <laughs> That seems like a pretty damn good bargain, actually. That should have got some attention for my favorite pickup. Uh, that's... Uh, that's a pretty good snipe, I would say, Slinger. Good pickup. All right, question number two. Who had the best free agency pickup? Uh, Matt leads the way. George Pickens for $0. Uh, four votes there. 
Then in second is Danko. So Danko gets votes for best and worst. Uh, three votes for Danko's pickup of Cooper Cup for $588. Then in third is Matt again. Two votes for Aaron Jones for $111. Uh, we shit on Rick for the Michael Thomas one, but he also gets a vote for best free agency pickup for that one. One vote there for Michael Thomas for $111. Uh, and that's actually tied. One vote for Rick for Michael Thomas, and then one vote as well for Singer's pickup of Zeke Elliott and Matt's pickup of Tyler Algier for 25. Question number three, who is the safest from the guillotine's fourth execution? We have a tie for first place. First is Joe getting swifty with it with three votes. Also with three votes is Eric Pussy Crew. Then we have a three-way tie for second. The only other teams to get votes, they each received two. Tommy received two votes. Singer received two votes. Danko received two votes. Question number four. This is why we're all here. Who will be the guillotine's fourth victim? Another little brother. My guess was Tommy, and the public agrees with me. Hashtag fade the public. Tommy's hoping so. Tommy receives five votes out of 12 to be the next victim. Jonathan Taylor being out definitely hurts. In second place is a two-way tie with two votes each. Jimmy and Danko. Danko's all over the board. He gets vote two votes for being the safest, two votes for being uh, next to the guillotine. I have to imagine people are just hammering Danko just because it's a fun trend to keep going. Um, other teams to receive votes, though, Rick. Matt and myself all received one vote to be the next victim. But that is it, boys, for the guillotine coverage. As always, I'll leave you with one final piece of advice. The price is wrong, bitch. On to the auction league. The price is wrong, bitch. All right, uh, just so you guys know, I am uh, I recorded the other segments uh, last night, and now I'm recording the auction league today, Friday, the day that this will drop. So I have some notes typed up, um, and some of them cover Thursday Night Football, obviously, so uh might be a little jumbled, but we'll see what I predicted right and wrong here, and we will uh, we'll just roll with the punches. Start with free agency here. Uh, my favorite pickup of the week was the Jaguars' defense. For $5 to Cam. Uh, $5 is nothing, and Cam got a uh, a defense uh, for the team playing against the Texans this week. But he also gets defense four so far in the year, who averages 17 fantasy points per game. Good work, Cam. My least favorite pickup, though, Cam, you blew it, because uh, we're going to discuss you again. Teddy Bridgewater to Cam for $100. Woof. How long will he even be the starter? We don't know. Cam also has Davis Mills, who is at least functional in a two-quarterback league. Did he need quarterback help? Yes. But maybe not for $100 for Teddy Two Gloves. Why am I getting a work call right now? Get the hell out of here. Guess I shouldn't be that mad. It's 1230 on a Friday. But, uh, okay. So, yeah, Cam didn't love that pickup at all, but you did have one good one with the Jacksonville defense. So, let's move on to the matchups. Uh, first up is myself, Kellen versus Eric. 
looking at the tight ends right off the top, I mean, my team just looks very different now without Tua. I still have Josh Allen holding down the fort. He's going to continue to do Josh Allen things, especially against Pittsburgh this week. But now I have Kenny Pickett as my second starting quarterback, which is pretty ugly. Uh, Eric Stafford sucks. He has been horrible lately. Uh, but then he also has Jalen Hurts, who is an elite fantasy option. So, again, if, if you, you know, one thing I like to do is rank the quarterbacks in the matchup. I would say I have the one in the distant four. And then Eric has uh, the number two quarterback in this matchup, and it's pretty close to my number one seed of Josh Allen. And then he's got the obvious three seed as well. So I give the advantage here to Eric. I don't think it's too close, but we'll see if Josh Allen can help me split the difference here. At wide receiver, um, I'm projected more points, uh, or I was yesterday at least when I typed up these notes. Um, One prediction I had is that Pat Sertain would blanket Michael Pittman tonight and uh, potentially shut him down. Um, And I said I would still give myself the edge. Michael Pittman did score less than projected. He scored 8.4 compared to 11.3 that he's projected. Uh, Cortland Sutton, though, also underperformed. Only 9.9 versus a projection of 11.8. So um, I'll still give myself the edge. I'm a couple points behind schedule here, but overall still projected to win. So I will still give myself the wide receiver edge. On the other side of the ball, wide receiver. Eric has Justin Jefferson, but then Lockett and Robert Woods. Those last two guys are quite a fall-off. So I prefer my well-roundedness of my wide receiver core, um, even though I already had two guys play and somewhat underwhelm. At running back, uh, I have Rashad Penny, who does not get the fortune of playing against the Lions this week. Uh, Damian Pierce, though, for me, uh, going to be a smash play in daily, uh, daily fantasy. He's a thing. I mean, he's going to be the lead back on the Houston Texans. I don't know what that quite is yet. But he's playing against the Jacksonville defense, who uh, I just talked up a little bit, but uh, they are pretty bad against the run. I do, however, well, I was going to give this advantage to Eric. Um, There was no snow in Vermont this week, so Derrick Henry might have a down week. Uh, And then he started Naheem Hines over his injured Jonathan Taylor. Um, Naheem Hines left the game last night, only scoring 1.3 which is crippling. So I think that is enough for me to uh, give myself the edge now at running back. So I'm going to I'm gonna flop on the fly here. Uh, my running backs get the small advantage here because Eric got pretty boned with Naheem Hines leaving the game in the first quarter last night. At tight end, I get a decent advantage here with Mark Andrews. Eric has Gerald Everett, who's been on a tear, but I'm just going to pick Mark Andrews every time. Flex, I have um, I moved Cortland Sutton out of the flex. So now I have Christian Kirk going against going up against Tyler Boyd, who gets the Ravens this week, um, who is horrible against the pass this year. Um, I'm going to give myself the edge again here. Uh, Tyler Boyd being the third option in that offense, while well, I have Christian Kirk, who's the first offense and gets the Houston Texans. So uh, I'll give myself another advantage there. Overall, I think this is a coin flip matchup, or it was anyway when I typed up these notes. I think now that I've flipped on the running back advantage here, um, I was going to pick myself anyway, but it might be by a larger margin now. Larger margin. Wow, that's a fun phrase. Um, A wider margin 
than I anticipated last night, even though my two wide receivers underperformed a bit. So I am picking myself. Basically, the difference being um, tight end and flex and now running back. Eric, now the only advantage I see on paper is at QB, and it's, it's a medium-sized advantage. I don't think it's quite enough. So I will pick myself in this matchup. Matchup number two, we got Singer and Tommy. At quarterback, uh, Singer has Kirk Cousins, who is fine. Um, and then uh, also uh, swapped in Russell Wilson, actually. I had Trevor Lawrence in there. He must have flipped this last night. So he went with Russell Wilson, got burned a little bit. Russ put up 11.9. Um, Tommy has the safer plays and this, well, now that Russ has played, the plays with more upside. Lamar Jackson and Derek Carr. Uh, Lamar and Carr. Lacar. So I'm going with Team Lacar here. Tommy gets the advantage at quarterback. Singer, though, I'm giving a pretty decent-sized advantage here at wide receiver and running back. At wide receiver, he's got A.J. Brown, who's a stud. I expect a bounce-back week for Amari Cooper, and Chris Olave has a great matchup. For Tommy, he's lacking some firepower here. He's had some bad injury luck as well. Jahan Dotson, questionable. Michael Thomas, questionable. Probably not going to play. Hunter Renfro, questionable. Tommy's had some bad luck. He's relying on a lot of backups now, so he, you know, it makes sense that the firepower just isn't quite there. I already mentioned I'm also giving Singer the advantage at running back. Mixon and Chubb all day here. Uh, Tommy, rookie Brees Hall, and then a banged-up Delvin Cook. I just don't love it, so advantage there, Singer. Tight end, I'm calling a tie. We have Dalton Schultz versus Kittle. Uh, I don't love either guy. I used to like Schultz a lot more when Dak was throwing the ball. Uh, Cooper Rush has been fine. He's been winning games, but I don't expect Dalton Schultz to exactly pop off, and Kittle has been a pain in the ass this year. Flex is also a very close one. Jeff Wilson Jr. for Singer and Clyde for Tommy. I'm going to call that another tie, and I don't see much to talk about at kicker or defense, so ties there as well. At defense, Singer, um, did he plug someone in? Uh, he does. Okay, is Jacksonville in there now? Uh, and then Tommy, of course, as a runs, is obligated to start the Rams' defense against Dallas. So um, I actually might give Singer the slight edge there on defense now that he does have someone starting. Uh, Jacksonville is a good play uh, this week against Houston. I'm actually picking this as my upset pick of the week. I gave Tommy quite a bit of love early here in this matchup, but I'm going Singer because um, I gave him heavy advantages at wide receiver and running back. And I'll be honest, I don't see how Tommy is projected to win, but Yahoo still projects him to win by seven points. I don't see why. I'm going Singer in this matchup. And that's my upset pick of the week. Next matchup is Kyle versus Jose. This is the grossest QB matchup I have ever seen. We have, uh-oh, where'd it go? Jared Goff and Zach Wilson. Versus G, uh, versus Geno Smith and Cooper Rush. Uh, this is disgusting. I refuse to award a winner in this matchup because we are all losers for having to witness these quarterbacks playing against each other. At wide receiver, uh, each guy has a stud. Diggs for Kyle, Debo for Jose. Uh, but Kyle's second guy, Mike Williams, and third guy, DK, kind of make the difference here. Um, the two and three guy for Jose is Julio who might be looking at a redemption game versus Atlanta. 
his old squad. And then he also has Deontay Johnson uh, as his third guy, who gets, uh, who's a part of a brutal Pittsburgh offense. So advantage there, Kyle. I'm going the other way, though, at running back. Jose, um, he's kind of got like a pair of backups here with Jamal Williams. With no DeAndre Swift this week, that's a great play. And then he also has Khalil Herbert. I don't know if uh, David Montgomery is going to play. And if he does, to what extent? So I'm giving Jose the advantage here. Kyle has some sexy names. Leonard Fournette and Najee. They're sexy names, like I said. But I'm going the other way because I think Jose just has lightning in a bottle here with his guys. At tight end, I'm going back to the Jose well. I'm leaning Kelsey here with conviction. It's hard to pick against Travis Kelsey. Kyle has a fine tight end, though. In Zach Ertz, Kelsey is just flat out better. Flex, James Conner for Kyle. Nothing wrong with that. But Jose, Austin, Eckler in the flex. Eckler is back. He blew up last week. I love the play there in the flex. Uh, Jose's sitting pretty now with his running back situation, and he needs a win. I believe he got his first win of the season last week. He needs to keep that train rolling. This is my game of the week because I do think it's close, but I'm picking Jose by just a fingernail, just a nose, just a just a, a hair, whatever you want to call it. Jose, close, but it should be a fun one to watch. Jose over Kyle. Next matchup, we have Cam versus Brett. Let me pull this one up here. So Cam has uh, Jacoby Brissett and now... Uh, Bridgewater. So, Brissett, Bridgewater, Battlestar Galactica. Even with $100 Jacoby Brissett, I'm going heavy with Brett here, who has Kyler and Rodgers. That's not a particularly difficult decision to make. Cam, though, with Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams, say no more there. I mean, he also has Terry McLaurin, whatever, but you had me at Cup and Adams. Brett's course pretty good though um it's just hard to beat those two names brett has waddle against the jets which is a great play evans mike evans is always solid and he gets the falcons this week does amon ra st brown play i don't know that kind of determines if cam runs away with this wide receiver matchup or if brett keeps it close in my opinion at running back tight end and flex i have ties i couldn't pick any position here uh or any i'm sorry any advantage here so at running back Cam has Saquon, who has kind of a tough matchup against Green Bay in London on Sunday morning. Get those lineups set. Singletary has been good and could have a nice week against Pittsburgh. Um, I expect Buffalo to get out to an early lead, and it could be a game where they try to get the running game going. Brett has Josh Jacobs versus Kansas City, who isn't great against the run. And then J.K. Dobbins, fresh off a resurgence game, but he does get a tough Bengals defense. At tight end, Cam's got Tyler Higby, the volume king. Recently, and then Brett, TJ Hawkinson, fresh off a 35-point game. He is a great play if Amon Ra doesn't play, and he is a good play regardless. So um, tough to pick here because Higby does have so much volume coming his way, so I'm going to call that a tie as well. Flex a tie also. Cam has James Robinson against a Houston defense, which struggles against the run. Brett, Chase Edmonds against the Jets, who it's the Jets. I mean, what do you, what do you really expect there? So... Um, not much at kicker at defense though Cam has the Chargers at Cleveland I think Nick Chubb's gonna eat the Chargers are just unable to stop the run 
I think they could give up quite a few points this week. And I give this advantage to Brett. His play of the Buffalo Bills defense versus Pittsburgh. Uh, I think that's a smash play. I think that's probably going to be the most expensive daily fantasy defense you can have this week um, against a Kenny Pickett-led Pittsburgh Steelers offense. So Brett, pretty heavy there. So my winner here is Brett by 10 to 20. I'm picking him pretty heavy uh, due to a heavy QB advantage and defense. Uh, I awarded ties at running back, tight end, and flex, though. So I, I don't know who wins those. If Cam wins all three of those positional matchups, it could go the other way. But I'm pretty confident here in my selection of Brett. Final matchup, we've got Mark and Matt, the Ericos, the brother bull. Let's start with Mark's team. He's got Mahomes versus Vegas and Burrow versus Baltimore. These are two great QBs with almost as great matchups. I'm going Mark here because of the matchups. Matt has uh, Brady versus Atlanta, which isn't a bad matchup, and Herbert versus Cleveland. Those are solid, but not as good as Mark's this week. Mark's two guys are smash plays. At wide receiver, Mark has CD, who is heating up. T. Higgins has been steady as hell, really frustrating to Jamar Chase owners. Uh, And Garrett Wilson has cooled off a bit, but he's shown what he can do. But I'm going the other way. I think this is the week Jamar pops against Baltimore, which uh, hurts Mark's Burrow start and potentially his T. Higgins start. Matt also has Rashad Bateman, who has cooled down a little bit. uh, And Gabe Davis is due. I don't know if he's fully healthy. I'm not quite sure there but I think I think Matt comes away with his advantage thanks to Jamar uh, we'll see what Bateman can do and if Davis can do anything at all but I think Jamar carries Matt's wide receivers this week in uh, this wide receiver matchup as a whole at running back I see a tie here uh, I can't determine a winner here this is a great running back duel so AJ Dillon for Mark uh, who is Aaron Jones's backup who Matt has and then Ramondre Stevenson is also on Mark's team. Uh, and he gets to play against the Lions. So he is going to eat. You already know that. And then from uh, Matt's side of the ball, uh, obviously I already said Aaron Jones. Uh, the Green Bay running backs have a good, not great matchup against the Giants in London. Miles Sanders, to me, is the linchpin here. He determines how this matchup goes. But it's a tie for now. If Miles Sanders has a great game, uh, Matt can really uh, gain some ground here and get a big advantage, but I don't know what he is because he he's like a roller coaster. He can go he can go off, he can go for four points. At tight end, I wrote Pitts has been awful lately and now gets Tampa Bay a very good defense, but Pitts has now been ruled out. Who is Mark's backup tight end? Does he even have one? He does not, so he needs to address that for sure. <coughs> So this is an easy advantage to Matt. He has Goddard, who has been steady and in a great offense. Sizable advantage here, I would say, for Matt. At flex, Mark has Cam Akers. Um, You just can't trust him. He's kind of shown that the big weeks will come, but you never know when. And his weeks that aren't big are horrible. They kill you. Uh, So it's easy for me to go the other way with this one. Matt has Chris Godwin versus Atlanta. Easy pick here, advantage, Matt. Not much to talk about with kicker. 
or defense. You know what? There is something to talk about with kicker. Mark, once again, has Harrison Butker in his starting lineup, who has not played since week one. And we've called him out on the pod. I'm assuming he's not listening. That doesn't upset me. What does is that he's playing a kicker who doesn't play, and he's not picking anyone else up. He's just taking losses. So we're going to start. I would like to introduce a brand new segment called Hey Jackass. Now, the point of this segment will be we're going to text an owner who is doing a jackass move, and we're going to tell him to cut the shit. So I got a text going here to Mark. Uh, I'm going to call him a jabroni. The segment would be called Hey Jackass, but we're going to go, we're going to say, Hey Jabroni, stop starting Harrison Butker in the auction league when he's injured and not playing. Say sorry for the harsh language. Listen to the pod, and this will make more sense. But okay, I hope you enjoyed our new segment. That was a lot of fun. But yeah, um, I'm going Matt in this matchup in the Brother Bowl, mostly because of the tight end and the flex advantages. Uh, he also has a small advantage, I think, at wide receiver. Mark's only advantage that I gave him was at quarterback. I think it is a big advantage. I don't think it's enough, though. Uh, and then we had a tie running back. So is that it for the auction league? I guess to recap, my upset pick of the week was Singer over Tommy. And my game of the week was Jose over Kyle in a close one. That seems like a very abrupt ending. I don't know why. I don't see anything else left on my agenda, though. So that's it for the Auction League this week. Good luck to everyone, with the exception of Eric, who I'm playing this week. Hope you enjoyed the new segment. All right, let's go Keeper League, the ICFFL, the Intercontinental Fantasy Football League. We'll start with free agency. My favorite pickup this week was Eric's pick of Mike Boone. He might end up being nothing, but he also might end up being a thing with Javante out. With Javante out, Melvin Gordon becomes the new Javante Williams, and maybe Mike Boone becomes the new Melvin Gordon. That is a player who has definite value. Worth the dart throw for sure, especially for the team who lost Javante Williams. So good pick up there, E. My least favorite pickup, I did not have one. Nobody deserves a shout-out here. There were no big head-scratching moves that I saw. Let's get into our first matchup. It is Kellen versus Eli. Jonathan Taylor is out, so the door is open. But this is the runaway one seed versus the runaway 10 seed. Here's this week's guest appearance to break this one down. Mr. Macho Man, Randy Savage. And certainly i got to talk to you about the possibility of becoming the heavyweight champion of the world. I understand that the title bout has been signed. Yeah, all conversations about tennis games are uh, put aside right now, you know what I mean? You're oh, under yeah. control. I Do you realize it or not? And there's a change going on in this world right now, yeah. Hulkamania is peaked out, yeah. He would have went on and on and on, except for the fact that the Macho Man Randy Savage is in the World Wrestling Federation. And oh yeah, I'm going to take that World Heavyweight Championship belt. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it, yeah. Uh-huh, 
yeah, super guarantee. The Macho Man Randy Savage is going to win the World Heavyweight Championship whoa, belt. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You, you guarantee that you're going to win the World's Heavyweight title? That's exactly right, yeah. And I don't care where it is. It can be east of the Mississippi, west of London, England, south of Mars, and north of the South Pole. It doesn't really matter, yeah. Hulk Hogan, I am the Lord and Master of the Ring, and I am going to be the new World Heavyweight Champion. I can't believe he just did that. I better call Las Vegas, too. You guarantee it? Guaranteed victory! We're right. Oh, yeah! Funny enough, the running joke between Eli and I is he always beats me in the regular season, and I always then beat him in the playoffs. This year, though, I plan on just doing both. Kellen early in this one. Kellen often in this one. Kellen money line. Kellen laying the points. Kellen big... Oh, yeah! Next matchup, Sko versus Eric, the surprise team of the year and number two seed so far in this year. Let's start with the quarterbacks. Burrow and Brady. Burrow for Sko, Brady for Eric. Two studs, both with great matchups. This one's too close for me to call, so I'm calling this one a tie. A wide receiver, though, I give the edge to Sko. Waddle, Williams, and Cooks is just an overall better group, in my opinion, compared to Hollywood Brown, McLaurin, and a banged-up Josh Reynolds. At running back, I give another edge here to Sko. Uh, wide receiver and running back, both edges to Sko, but small ones. At running back, Delvin, and now Denver's number one running back, Melvin Gordon, going for Sko against uh, Brees Hall and Antonio Gibson. Uh, and Antonio Gibson has the potential of Brian Robinson possibly making his NFL debut. So uh, just the rookie and Antonio Gibson possibly having carries taken away from him this week. That's why I'm giving Skull the slight edge. At tight end, though, I'm giving Eric a massive advantage here. Mark Andrews versus Skull's play of a guy I am a hater of, George Kittle. Flex spots, heavy advantage here for Skull. Devontae Smith. I don't know what version of him we are getting this week, but he also has Khalil Herbert with David Montgomery's status in question. That's a play I definitely like. Eric, though, at the flex spot starting Kyle Pitts. We are yet to see it from him this year. And then he has J.D. McKissick. So he is starting two running backs from the same team who has a third running back, Brian Robinson, also potentially getting back into the fold this week. Uh, questionable decisions there by Eric. We'll see if they pay off. My winner here is Sko. I think this one might actually get ugly. I think the champ gets back on track. I give him wins at wide receiver and running back small wins there, but a heavy advantage in flex. A tie at quarterback and Eric, the only position I'm giving you an advantage of, and it's a big advantage, but it's tight end with Mark Andrews. But Eric, I will keep doubting you and you can just keep proving me wrong. I love to see it, but in this one, I am picking Sko. Next matchup, we got Rick versus Brendan. Rick has Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Brendan, Josh Allen, two just absolute rock stars in this matchup. Probably the two front runners for MVP so far this year. I'm giving Brendan just the slightest of edges here because I think Josh Allen's just a better overall quarterback than Jalen Hurts. Um I think, you know, over time, that's just going to win out. So slight edge there for Brendan at wide receiver. I'm calling this one a tie. So what's funny here is each team starts three wide receivers, right? Uh, And each player has projections. 
So when you compare Rick's projections versus Brendan's projections down to the per player uh, level, they each have a guy in the 15-point range for projections, CD versus Debo. Then they have each a player in the 13-point range, Juju and Amari Cooper. And then they each have a guy in the 11-point range, the touchdown factory, Devin Duvernay, and then Brendan's play of Meikle Hardman. So even the projections here are just a dead heat, so I'm calling this one a tie. I thought it was funny how they were projected to be that almost exact. Running back, Chubb and Mixon for Rick all day. This is what fantasy wet dreams are made of when when you're looking for that one-two punch at the running back position. It might not get any better than this. Brendan has Miles Sanders, which is fine, uh, but Eno Benjamin just isn't quite up to par with the other players in this matchup. At tight end, slight advantage here for Rick. Tight end four of the year, Zach Ertz. Brendan, though, Pat Fryermuth, quietly, tight end number seven on the year. Both of these guys have tough matchups, so I'll give the slight edge here to Rick with Ertz. At the flex spot, uh, Rick has two running backs with quality matchups. James Robinson is going to be a daily a DFS smash play this week. He also has Clyde. Uh, but I like Brendan's, I guess, makeup better for his roster because he's, uh, he's plugging two wide receivers in his flex spots, which uh, th- those two players are Rashad Bateman and Alan Lazard. I will take the two wide receivers in the flex spots when it comes to a PPR league, so I will give the slight edge there to Brendan. I don't see much at kicker to break down. At defense, though, the Jaguars for Rick versus Houston is a very good play. And then Brendan, his Arizona defense, I I hated on this this keeper pick in the offseason. I hated them again this week. They're playing against Philly. Rick's quarterback, actually, in Jalen Hurts. So this is actually my game of the week. I'm taking Brendan in a very close game here. He has wins, in my opinion, at quarterback and flex, while Rick has advantages, uh, small advantages at tight end and defense, and then a pretty big uh, advantage at running back. Uh, And then wide receiver is a tie for both teams. But I think the flex play, Brennan gets a lot of points there over Rick, and I think Josh Allen at QB gets more points than Hurts. So I think that's what makes the difference. Brennan's my pick. Game of the week, though, could go either way. Matchup number four, Matt versus Joe, the other surprise team this so far this year, and the number three seed so far this year. At quarterback, Matt has Lamar. Joe has uh, Derek Carr. This one's pretty easy. Derek Carr does have a great matchup, but I'm going with Lamar Jackson, so advantage there for Matt. At wide receiver, Matt has Diggs, then Gabe Davis, who has been very quiet and banged up. Um, I have a feeling, he also has Michael Pittman. I just have a feeling that Michael Pittman gets smothered tonight by in coverage by Pat Sertan. So that's just a gut feeling I have. I am playing him in the auction league. I have um, Michael Pittman in the auction league. I kind of am planning on begrudgingly playing him tonight, but um, I don't know. We'll see how that goes. I don't have a great feeling about that one. Joe's wide receivers, though, this is an unpopular pick. But I'm going Joe with a small advantage here with Justin Jefferson, Curtis Samuel, and DK Metcalf. I also don't like how Matt starts two wide receivers from the same team, um, albeit a great offense in Buffalo. Um, just don't love it, though. At running back, advantage back to Matt here. CMC and James Conner get the edge, but um, less of a margin, in my opinion, than what most people would probably say. 
And then for Joe, Najee, who's been struggling uh, and has a tough matchup this week against Buffalo. But then he's got Ramondre Stevenson, who is going to eat against the Lions in Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia's. Matt Patricia. Did anyone ever think of that nickname? Matt Patricia in his revenge game as the Lions come to town. At tight end, Matt has Goddard, who is a fine tight end play. Um, but I'm going with Hawkinson, Joe's play. Um, because the Lions, once again, might just feed Hawkinson out of pure necessity. So I'm going Hawk. Lions are going to continue to need all the offense they can muster because the defense is piss poor. Amon Ra and Swift are doubtful. Uh, and Reynolds and Shark are banged up now as well. Well, Shark was banged up, but Reynolds was also added to the injury report yesterday, I believe. I don't know who else they're going to throw to. It's going to be Hawk all day. At the flex positions, Matt has rookie Drake London um, versus Tampa Bay. Hell no. I don't like that. And then he also has Garrett Wilson, who has cooled off quite a bit. So two rookies there in the flex. Uh, Joe has one rookie in Romeo Dobbs, but then he's got Jamal Williams, who the Lions are going to have to lean on him as well. So Joe is heavily invested in the Lions, but they're the number one offense in the league. So I'm giving the advantage here to Joe. I don't see much to break down at kicker and defense, but in my upset pick of the week, I think the Joe train keeps rolling. I'm going Joe here, upset of the week. He's currently projected to lose by um, about 18 points. So I'm hitting that Joe money line. Let's go, Joe. Next matchup, Chris Singer versus Chris Barnes. This is the Chris Bowl. I'm going to say the loser has to legally change his first name. I think that's the new rule. Yep, Chris and Chris, lock it in. Okay, what do we got here? Uh, Let me go to this matchup. Why did it just close out? Oh, that's why. Bear with me here. We have technical difficulties. Okay, WDP versus me and my homies at quarterback. Singer is throwing Cousins out there, which is effective but unsexy. Chris Barnes is starting Justin Herbert, who is so sexy. Advantage there by a pretty decent margin and Justin Herbert. At wide receiver, Singer is DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett, Jerry Judy. If Singer was putting together a team of players that are considered good by the fantasy football community, but I am so much lower on than consensus. This would be the wide receiver core. These are all players that I just can't stay away from enough. Um, they're, I don't know, everyone else thinks that they're really good players, and I just don't. So Singer, sorry to trash you there a little bit, but I don't like your wide receivers at all. So, I, you know, <laughs> if that's not foreshadowing, I don't know what is. I'm giving the advantage to Chris Barnes. Mike Evans is the headliner of this entire matchup at wide receiver. He's fresh off a 30-burger. And then Chris Barnes adds uh, Olave, and Chase Claypool's bum ass, but he's due for some points. But I really like the Olave play. So parlay that with Mike Evans. Advantage there, Chris Barnes. At running back, I'm going advantage Chris Barnes again. Um, Singer has Aaron Jones, great play. But then he has Pollard, who is Zeke's backup. And then on the other side of this, Chris Barnes actually has Zeke. Uh, And then he also has Eckler, who blew up last week. So this one is pretty easy to me. This is advantage here for Chris Barnes. 
At tight end, Sanger, I'm not going to shit on you the whole time. You get the advantage here at tight end. Higby is getting so much volume. You might PPR this matchup to death. Uh, and then Chris Barnes has Waller, who has been a little bit of a train wreck recently. I'm calling flex a tie. Allen Robinson blows, Singer. Uh, I dislike the double dip with the Rams pass catchers here um, because uh, you also have... Um, why did I put double dip? I don't know. Oh, because Higby. Because you also have Higby. So... Um, yeah, I don't like what you're doing there. And then Josh Jacobs, he's a solid flex option though. So I don't have any hate there. I just, uh, don't love the Allen Robinson play. I also don't love on the other side, um, the Daryl Henderson play, uh, for Chris Barnes. And then he also was Robert Woods, Bobby trees trying to be a thing again. So each of these guys have a play that I hate and a guy that uh, I think is pretty respectable. I'm calling that a tie though. But I see Chris Barnes big in this one. Um, Chris Singer, you're going to have to change your name uh, to, like, I don't know, like Greg Singer or something like that. Actually, I've always wanted a friend named Giuseppe. So uh, Giuseppe Singer, coming in hot. Get the legal paperwork ready to go, Singer. Your new name is Giuseppe Singer. That is it. That is all five matchups for this week. Good luck this week to everyone except Eli. All right, boys, that is it for today. Sorry if there was some time traveling going on in between segments. I recorded most of this podcast yesterday uh, before and during Thursday Night Football. Kind of ran out of steam and finished up one of the segments in this outro today, Friday. So um, a little bit of back and forth there with what we knew at the time and what we didn't. But um, don't look now, but we are about a quarter of the way through the fantasy football season It's kind of sad to think of it that way, but that's the truth. So cherish these times that we do have remaining. Thank you for listening, though. Uh, Thank you uh, to the Guillotine League for participating in surveys and enhance. Uh, Good luck to everyone who I'm not playing this week. Time to sign off now, though. The commish is out.